We are in a series that we've entitled Gravitate. And Dustin, you can hang out with me for a little bit. This feels good. I like it. I like it. Um, you know, Isaiah said when he, they came to him to get a word, he says, bring me a harp and I'll give you God's word. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So play a harp behind me and then God's going to show up. We, got a little, we, got, we need, a little, need a little harp happening in the background. A little piano. Your life right now is moving in a, in a given direction. Your life is gravitating towards something right now, okay? All of our lives are, are, are pulling toward, watch, I can tell you what it is. I can tell you what's shaping your life. I can tell you what your life is pulling toward right now. Whether it's healthy or not, listen, here's what it is. It's whatever you've made the biggest deal of in your life. Whatever you make the biggest deal of in your life is what your life will ultimately gravitate toward. It pulls toward. That's how gravity works. How many of you saw the SpaceX launch? Anyone watch it? Go back and watch it. It was absolutely incredible. You watched it because I was watching it. I made you watch it with me. It's really, really cool. But they're going up to the space station. And the space station is in this perfect orbit around, around Earth. And, and, be, and it's wanting to sling out into space, but because of gravity, it's pulling back toward Earth, right? And it stays in this perfect orbit. Well, your life is in orbit around something. The problem is people have their lives gravitating toward, in orbit around things that your lives were never meant to be in orbit around. You, you wonder why there's chaos. You wonder why there's confusion. You wonder why there's frustration. I could tell you right now, if you're experiencing any of that, you're allowing your life to orbit. You're allowing your life to gravitate toward things that are not gravitate worthy. You're allowing things to be big in your life that should never be big in your life. See, our, our lives were designed to gravitate Godward that God would be big in our lives and our lives would pull toward him constantly. And that's what we're talking about in the series, friends, that we would gravitate Godward. And I'm telling you, friends, the time has come for us to just stop talking about this. It's, it's time for us to stop, you know, fantasizing about, about growing uh, maturity and, and becoming godly. People. Like we need, the church now more than ever needs to step into everything God's called her to. Okay? Like there's, there's a maturity for you that you will only step into and live in if you learn to gravitate Godward. You make a big deal of God in your life. Godliness, friends, and our life's pulling toward him. So I don't know what your life's pulling toward right now, but I'm telling you, if it's not God, you're, it's gonna be a, it's, it's a train wreck. It's, it's a, it's a cul-de-sac. Of, of, of insanity. You keep running around and running and running around. You tell yourself, uh, I, there's something wrong. I don't know what it is, but maybe I need more of this. You get more of the this and it doesn't do it for you. So you tell yourself, well, what I need is more of the this. And so, and you just keep finding yourself in this cul-de-sac of, of insanity, trying to get from something, something that that something is never meant to give you. That makes sense? Only God can give you that. Well, friends, our lives gravitating toward God, it, it doesn't just doesn't just happen. Like there are some disciplines that we've got to build into our lives to help us gravitate Godward. And that's what we're looking at together in this series. I just go in, it's time we just lean in and we do this and we live in all that God has for us. Can I get a better amen? Can I get a better amen? Come on, I wish I had a church that's on fire right now. Come on, amen? Like, I, God, I want all that you have for me. I, 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 I don't want to be pulled in all these other directions. I want to be pulled toward you. How, how's it happen? Watch what, watch what Timothy says. Timothy says this, have nothing to do with irreverent or silly myths. Rather, someone say train yourself. Someone say train yourself. Train yourself for godliness. One of my favorite Bible verses, ready? Physical training is 
is good. It's just all right. But watch this, training in godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. There are promises, let me say it this way, there are promises waiting for you that you will only experience if you learn to train yourself. There are places God wants to take you that you will only journey to if you learn to train yourself, discipline yourself, friends. Put rhythms into your life that keep you falling Godward, amen? God, we just wanna pray that as we, we look at your word today, that the things we learn today would, would help us, Lord. That I, I pray that, that right now, Lord, we, we pray that, God, you would anoint me to preach your word. God, help the preacher. I always pray that. But God, help us to hear your word. We know that there's something um, spiritual that happens when we open up your word, God, that, that you, God, by your spirit, God, wanna whisper to our hearts. We're not sitting in this moment on accident, God. So, so show us yourself, Jesus. Show us your heart. Help us grow in all that you have this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty amen and amen. So we're going to gravitate Godward in, in our lives. And in order to do that, we're going to put some practices into place. See, gravitating Godward isn't just going to naturally happen in your life, right? You can't just hope to someday wake up and be gravitating Godward. You can't just someday hope to wake up and be godly, walking in the promises that he has for you. There, there is a training. Timothy, again, it says train yourself, right? No one just decides someday that they want to become an Olympian. Oh, I'm going to become an Olympian and then just hope the rest of their life that they become an Olympian. It won't happen. You can hope all you want, but you're not going to get in that kind of physical shape. You can hope all you want, but you're not going to be standing on that, on that stand, one, two, and three, right? It's not going to happen unless you do something. You know what they do? They train themselves. They put some disciplines in place to help them move toward their goal, right? And you guys, listen, here's what you understand. As much, much as that's true in the physical, it's also true in the spiritual. Like we can hope all day long that our lives are gonna gravitate Godward. Hope all day long that we can live in the promises that he has for us. But scripture's saying right here, there's more for you that you'll only experience if you train yourself spiritually. We gotta learn to do this. Everyone hanging with me so far, you okay? You okay? So what are some of these practices? This is what we're looking at in the rest of our series together. Today, here's the first one. Let me give it to you, all right? First one is this. Take notes. Is that we are gonna, it's the discipline of getting into God's word and getting God's word into you. Listen, you wanna grow in Godliness. You wanna walk in the promises that he has for you. We're gonna learn on the daily, learn in a rhythm of our life to get into God's word and get God's word into us. I, I wrote it this way. For the series, to gravitate God's word, you're going to need God's word. Boom, drop the mic, walk off the stage. Come on, somebody, amen? If I'm going to gravitate God's word, I need God's word. Why? Why is this so important? Well, first of all, friends, it's in the word of God that you hear the voice of God. Write that down. It's in the word of God that you hear the voice of God. I, I talk to people all the time. Well, Pastor Chris, I just, I'm just not hearing God's voice. I don't feel like God's speaking to me. I, I'm just not, he's just not saying much to me. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you read your Bible? Because you see, you can't expect to hear the voice of God if you're not in the word of God. Because it's through the word of God that you'll hear the voice of God. God speaks through his word. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. That this is not just a dead book filled with ink on, on, on lifeless 
pages. This is the living, active, powerful, spirit-filled, activated word of God written to you. And through it, watch, through it, you're not just getting a history lesson on what happened. You're not just, you know, reading about other people's encounters with God. Through the word of God, you can actually encounter God. You're going to spend time with God. He's going to whisper into your heart how the spirit of God using the word of God to speak to you. God, speak to me. I wish you would just show me what to like, like God's going, it's right here. Like, lean in. I can tell you over and over and over again in my life that all of the monumental moments where God spoke to me, it was through his word. I had, there was things that came alive in his word. God, I don't know what we to do next. I'm feeling this big stirring in my heart. Are we supposed to stay here in Orange County and, and pastor this church? Things are going really well, but I feel a stirring. And, and God, would you just show us? And if we did go, where would we go? And Lord, would you speak to me? And I'm reading in my, in my, my devotions and I turn to the book of Nehemiah. Oh, and Nehemiah, he's... He's moving to his hometown, and he's rebuilding the walls, and God, could this be you? And page after page, God just speaking to me, speaking to me, speaking to me. God giving us verses. God, God saying, do not fear, for I, I will uphold you by my mighty right hand, of the book of Isaiah. And that God gave Tate and I that word. He gave her the same word in her time of study as he gave me in my time of study. When we came together, that was the word, because I was afraid. And God knew, you need to not be afraid. I will uphold you by my mighty right hand. He gave us that word. We held on to that word. We got all the way here to Redlands, and we're sitting in our, in our uh, first place, both sobbing. God does something crazy. You know what he does is he, he makes you crazy just enough to move. Like, I can do this. I got the faith, right? And I feel like you just jump in, you go, and then you wake up, and you're like, what did I do, Right? And we're sitting there in this moment just going, are we nuts? I don't have a job anymore. I just like, I have, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, what are we going to do? It's the stress is starting to settle in. Somebody had given us a gift. It's this little, little uh, uh, planter that you put plants in with glass all the way around it. And we were moving that thing. And I look, there's something written on the bottom of this. You got to be kidding me. I look on the bottom of it and it says, do not fear, for I will uphold you, my mighty right hand. The same verse that God had given us over again in Isaiah, Isaiah was right there and just went, God, you're so good to us. It's his word. You see, in the word of God, you hear the voice of God. If you're not hearing the voice of God, I, could it be that you're just not getting enough of the word of God into your heart, okay? So you've got to learn. This is important, right? Here, here, get this as well. Watch. It's the word of God. It's in the word of God you hear the voice of God. But it's also, watch this. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to do the work of God in your life. Oh, I want the work of God in my life. God, I want all you have for my life. I want to see you mold and shape my life. And God, I just want all you have for my life. Well, how does God do the work of God in the child of God? It's through the Word of God. You don't, you don't believe me. Let me show it to you in, in the Word of God, in Scripture. Here's what it says in Scripture. It says, we also thank God continually because when you receive the Word, he's speaking to the Thessalonians. They, they, they preach the Word of God to them, and here's what happened. Watch. We thank God continually because when you receive the, what? The Word, say with me, the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as human word, but as it actually is, the word of God. This is not just human word. This is the word of God. But now watch this. They received it. 
the word of God, which is indeed, what? At work in you who believe. What's at work in the people of God? The word of God. Come on, help me. What's at work in the people of God? The word of God. So, in other words, are you saying that if the Thessalonians weren't in the word of God, that they wouldn't see the work of God in their, in their lives? That's what he's saying. He's saying you received it, and therefore you're also experiencing the work of God in, in your life. Friends, come on, I'm telling you, there's a work he wants to do in you that you'll only experience in you if you're willing to get this in you, okay? The Spirit of God uses this to nudge you and to mold you and to shape you and to inspire you and to encourage you and to comfort you, to direct you. Everything you need is found here. Let me give you one more verse. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says this. It says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. In other words, in what God has for your life. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen. Every single thing that God has called you to do. Parenting. Come on, somebody, any parents in here? That's not the easiest thing to do all the time, right? It, it, it's got its challenges. It has its issues. And you want to raise that child to love the Lord. You want to raise those children. You want to keep your sanity in the mix of all of it. Come on, right? How do you do it? Well, it's a work that God has for you. It's, 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 a, it's a work that he's called you to. Well, how does God train you and equip you to do the thing he's called you to do. He trains and equips you in the word of God. I'm telling you, you get this inside of you and all of a sudden you're a better parent. Why? Because the word of God is equipping me in ways I don't understand to do the thing he's called me to do. Listen, you'll be a better employee. You'll be a better boss. You'll be a better, everything God has put in front of you to do, you can do. He'll equip you to do. When you learn to get this inside of you, right? You get into the word of God. It, be equipped for every good work that he, he has put in, in front of me. Listen, to, I'm trying to get you to understand the importance, the importance of God's word. And I'm going to give you some very practical things that you can do to, to start doing this on, on the daily. Okay? John chapter 15, 1 through 8 says this, really powerful. Remain in me and as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must, what's it say? Come on, help me. Come on, second service. What's it say? Remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Pause with me really quick. God gives us this illustration. It's the illustration of a branch connected to the vine. The branch's job is to bear fruit, to see activity, activity of God in their life. I'm telling you right now, you want to see you want to live a fruitful life, amen? You want your life to be, to, to you just have the activity of God all around it, fruit all around, your, all around your, your life. Well, the way that that happens is that that branch needs to be connected to the vine, or in other words, abiding in the vine, remaining in the vine. And as it abides in the vine, remains in the vine, it receives, watch, the nourishment it needs to produce the fruit that it desires, it cannot produce the fruit it desires without being uh, abiding in that vine. The moment you cut it from the vine, it withers and it dies. There's just something about being connected 
receiving nourishment, nutrition to produce. And when you're there, friends, it just, it just kind of happens. I'm not out there trying really hard to produce fruit and, and struggling and straining. What I'm doing is I'm focusing my attention not on the producing of the fruit. I'm focusing my attention on the abiding in the vine, right? And as I'm abiding in the vine, the outflow of that is the producing of fruit. So we go, I, I need to see this happen in my life. I need to see fruitfulness in my, my, my marriage and fruitfulness in the, in the church and fruitfulness at my, and fruit, I just need fruitfulness. Or I'm, I'm struggling so hard. Hey, calm down. Right, take a breath. And let me direct all of that tension and all of that energy and all of that effort into just abide in the vine. And those things will flow out of it. In Rutlands, we have all of our, all of our amazing orange groves. I love, I love this time of year when they start budding, right? And, and you get all the orange the, uh, blossoming, you get all the orange blossoms. It's, it's one of my favorite things. Every time I drive, I don't care, I don't care how cold it is. I don't, I'm going to roll down all the windows. And we, our kids are like, please, Dad, it's freezing. Like, we are going to take this in right now. I love it, right? And then you get those big old oranges. And, and uh, I know some of y'all walking through and you're still in oranges. Come on, you get, I think you get one or two free in Redlands a year. That's, that's the goal, right? That's the deal. But here's what I've noticed is that when you're walking through those orange groves, you never once stop and hear those orange trees going, right? They're not striving. They're not straining. Those branches are doing one thing, remaining in the vine. And that vine is then providing for every one of those branches everything they need to do all that they need to do to see fruitfulness. They're just sitting there and just their focus is just remain, just abide. And scripture says, that's you and I. You fix and focus your life on abiding and all that fruit starts to just come out of your life. And Jesus says, here's the deal, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Okay, Chris, where's the word of God in all this? Next verse, a lot of us stop there, but watch what he says. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. It goes on to say, if you remain in me and what? My words remain in you. Isn't that interesting? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, watch this. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What? Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, I didn't know that was in my Bible. Is that what, what? If I'm remaining in him and his words are remaining in me, I ask whatever you wish and it may be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, let's all agree for a second. We might not fully understand what that means. I mean, does it really mean what it says it means? But here's what we can all agree on, is whatever it means... It's pretty cool, right? Whatever it means is powerful. Whatever it means is, is important in our lives. Well, here's, here's some thoughts. It could be that the word of God is going to teach us what we should pray and when we should pray. Or how, what to pray when we pray. 1 John 5.14 says this, and this is the confidence we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So maybe it's just being in God's word and God's word in us that, that teaches us the heart of God. And then when I pray, I'm praying the heart of God and therefore 
we're going to see our, our prayers answered. It could be second that the word of God strengthens my faith. And, and faith is what allows us to lay hold of the answer. That, that could be it as well. Either way, this is all revolving around the word of God being in me. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, or have faith that you've received it, and it will be yours. Again, treading on ground we don't totally understand. It could be that the word frees us from sin. Do you know that sin keeps you from seeing answered prayers in your life and the word of God is what actually frees you from the things that have trapped you? Listen to it in scripture. It tells us this in Psalm 66, 18. It says, if I have cherished iniquity in my heart or if I held on to sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, would not have heard. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. What gets the sin out of our lives or helps expose things in our life? It's the word of God. So it could be any one of those three or maybe even something I'm not touching. But here's what we know is that as we're abiding in God, some pretty radical and miraculous things begin to happen in our lives. Here's what else we know is where's the word of God in this passage? Where is it? It's in me. You see that? That I abide in you and your words abide. Say in me. Come on, church, say in me. In me. Inside of me. So it's something is going to happen in my life. I'm abiding in God. I'm getting his words in me when they're not just, when they're not just on, on this page here on my Bible printed. They're not just on my iPad, right, glowing for me to see, or on my iPhone. Or we got the word of God everywhere. It's everywhere around us. And that's great. We're driving down the road and it's, it's in, the, in the, you know, maybe on the podcast you're listening to. It's on, but he says it needs to get from out there and go into here. It's, it's something you, you consume, right? You got to get it in, inside of you. The Old Testament refers to the word of God as, as something you take in, right? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. It says, man does not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word. Here he's referencing the word of God as like there's like physical bread, but there's also soul food as well. You got physical food and you got soul food. And man is not to live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He goes, you want to know how to live? You might only, you're, you're, maybe you're not living right now and experiencing what God has for you right now because you're not actually nourishing yourself in the way you've been designed to be nourished. And it's not just physical on physical bread, but on every word of God. And we understand this in the physical, don't we, right? Like we revolve our lives around eating in the physical. Come on, somebody, you like your food, right? Some of you got an attitude until you have breakfast. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like get them fed, somebody, right? And we revolve our lives around this. So you got your three square meals a day. You're gonna get up and have your breakfast. And then you, you might have a snack. And then you got, you're gonna have your lunch. You might have a snack. And then you have a snack. And then you have, you have lunch, you have dinner. And then you're gonna have two snacks, right? You got dessert. And then you got the snack you're having while you're watching the show that you've been watching. Come on, somebody, I got my, I got my Jordan almonds. I know, come on, I know. It's like Easter all year round in my house. I, got to have my Jordan almonds. And I sit there and I watch the show and I, I'm snacking again. You've been wondering how I keep my physique. That's how I do it. I just eat through the day. But you understand the importance of physical food because it's what, it's what gives you nourishment. It what, it's what gives you the strength you need to do the things you got to do during the day. You also understand what happens if you're not eating in the physical. You become, listen, malnourished. 
you feel weak and you feel tired and you're groggy. You got a big old attitude and it's just because it's because you haven't eaten. Your body is malnourished. And I'm telling you right now, friends, some of us sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we're being overwhelmed by our fears. We're, we're living in a, with a lack of self-confidence. We, we find ourselves overwhelmed with our insecurities. We find ourselves not living in a strength within our soul. And you wonder what it is. I'm telling you right now, friends, could it be that you've allowed your soul to be malnourished? And when you're malnourished, friends, your, your faith is not going to win out. Your fears will. When you're malnourished, friends, you, the, your, your spirit man inside of you is not going to win the day. It's the world around you that's going to win the day. And you're just allowing yourself to be beat up every day because you're not strengthening yourself with the food you need to nourish your soul. It's just that simple. Like, you need to nourish your soul. And you nourish your soul on getting God's word inside of you. Can I get a better amen? When you're weak and lacking courage and you're feeling defeated and It's often because we haven't been feasting on God's word. Your soul is hungry, friend. Like, feed it. Feed it. And I love being able to do this with you guys on Sunday. I love getting into God's word with you. I love studying and opening up God's word to you. But can I tell you, friends, is if this is all you get, if this is your only moments in God's word where you're hearing from him, you will fill it through your week. You don't eat once a week, physically, but sometimes we, we think that's okay to do, do spiritually, but it actually starts to mess with us. And I, I want more for you, okay? I want more for you. So, let's start talking practical. How, how do I get God's word in me? How do I get God's word in me? I gotta get physical food in me. How do I get God's word in me? Ready? You read it. Like, did you just take us through all that to tell us to read our Bibles? I did. Like, you need, I need, we need to read God's Word. We got to get it in us. We got to give attention to it and processing it within our souls. It's not just playing in the background or, or glowing on my, my iPad. It's, it's being processed by my soul. I'm chewing on it with my soul, so to speak. Listen to what it says over in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. The word meditate means your soul is chewing it up. That's what it means, meditate. You're thinking about it. You're, you're chewing on it. You're getting all the nourishment out of it as you just consume that word of God that's written on the pages of your Bible day in and day out. You got to meditate on his word. You got to get it inside of you. You take it in through hearing and then you chew it. You process it. And can I tell you something, friends, before I tell you the how and, and some practicality, some steps to it? It needs to be happening daily in your life, okay? Um, it needs to be happening daily in my life. Like, there, I, I want to live in all God has for me, so why not step into what God has for me, the meal he has prepared for me in his word, for my soul? You know, it's interesting, in Deuteronomy, do your, just extra credit homework. You get extra, extra stickers next week if you do this, okay? Come back with this, right? Read this in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, tells us that 
there's this manna provided from, from God, from heaven. So the children of Israel are traveling out of uh, slavery in Egypt, and they're going to the promised land. And as they do, they need, they need sustenance. They need food. God provides for them this miraculous food, this sustenance from heaven in the form of what's called manna. Manna literally means, in, in, the Greek, or in the Hebrew, it means, what is it? They went out there and go, what is that? And they go, that's a great name for that. Let's call it, what is it, right? And so this manna is, watch this, it's div- provided by God in a divine way for them every single day in the morning. Watch, you study it. It's out there waiting for them. Do you know that if you go over to Exodus chapter 16, the verse that we uh, read a little bit ago, that man should not live by uh, bread alone, but every word, it's referring back to, in that context, back to the manna. It's saying that manna was a type, a picture of God's word to you. Okay? It meant to represent God's word to you. And the children of Israel, if you look at the dynamics involved in them receiving the manna or the getting nourishment from the manna, I think there's some similarities for you and I in the practical in our life, getting the manna from heaven daily. It tells us this, that they had to go out and gather it every, do you know when? Do you know when they did? Every morning. Every morning. Because if they didn't get it in the morning, what would begin to happen is it would evaporate throughout the day. It would disappear throughout the day. So it's like there's this meal for you in the morning. Isn't that interesting in our own lives? Is if we don't get ourselves into God's word in the morning, you get busy and all of a sudden there's a thousand things distracting your mind and all of a sudden it's just, it's, you have this moment and now it just feels like it's gone. Okay, and I'm not legalistic on that. I'm just saying there's something special about the morning. Here's the other thing that happened. Is that if they didn't get it in the morning, it would dissipate throughout the day. Some of them thought, I'm gonna get smart. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go get a whole bunch of it. I'm just gonna go out, I'm gonna get a lot of it. I have to get all the family. Everyone get your bags filled with the manna. We're gonna, we're gonna teach this system, right? We're gonna, God's trying to tell us, come out here and work at this every day. I don't wanna work at this every day. I'm gonna bring it in. I'm gonna fill my cabinets. And I'm gonna trick God. He thinks I'm gonna get up and go out there. Actually, I'm just gonna go to my cabinets and be there, right? God wanted them to get up, get out, and get, in, get your manna. And they were like, I'm just going to tuck it away. Well, here's what happened. They tuck it away. They think they're smart. They got to the end of the cabinet. And it actually says it grew worms and it stinketh is what it says in Scripture. So here we are, Sunday morning. I'm going to get all I need for the week. I'm going to take it. I'm going to put it in my cabinet. And I'm going to, right? And this is all my food for the week. I got it on Sunday. Thank you, Pastor Chris. It was so good opening my Bible for the first time this week. Come on, everybody. I know I'm... I'm I'm stepping on toes, but we're just, I'm just in love, right? I'm going to put it here in my cabinet, and it's going to be a good week. No, it's not. You're going to start stinking. Something that we're going to get around. What, what is that? That's you trying to live off a of Sunday manna when God wants to meet you on Monday. He wants to meet you on Tuesday. He wants to meet you on Wednesday, Thursday. Like, he says, come to, come get this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I will provide for you everything you need to make it through your day. Come and get it. Come and get it. Hey, don't come. All right, listen, just don't come whining to me that it's so difficult and you can't figure it out and you're so frustrated and you don't know and where's God. And when you haven't done, we haven't allowed ourselves. Come on, just in love, I'm pushing you. Just to do the the basic things of just, just eating. You can't expect just to get it on Sunday. There's a, there's a picture given to us in Scripture of this daily getting into God's Word. When it comes to your own spiritual growth, you guys, nothing can substitute your own personal reading and understanding of God's Word. Can I get a better amen? Let me give you some practicals in time we have left. 
Here's what we're gonna do together. Okay, ready? If you're not doing this stuff yet, you're gonna step into it. You ready? We're gonna do say someone someone say let's go. Okay. First one, write this down. You're just gonna dig in. Just dig in. Just dig in. Because some of you are like, this is so complex and it's so big and it's so I don't know where to start and I don't know. It just seems like a lot, right? I, I want you to understand, listen, don't get overwhelmed. Just dig in. You know you can read your Bible in 76 hours? That's a lot. But you're like, that, that, that wasn't encouraging, Pastor Chris. That was not encouraging. You're trying to encourage God's word. And he tells it 76 hours. But how about this? 12 and a half minutes a day. That's half of one of your dumb sitcom shows you've been watching. That's half of, I mean, that's a fourth of like 24, Tatum. We're like in 24 right now with Jack Bauer. And I'm telling you, it's a fourth of Jack Bauer, right? It's 12 and a half minutes a day for a year will get me through the entirety of, of God's word. Like, you can do this. And friends, listen. We live in an era now where we don't have to like go to the synagogue and get out the scroll and get, right? No, there's not this. We literally can jump on our phones, go over to YouVersion, download the YouVersion app, and thank you, Craig Rochelle and the team from Life Church. My goodness, what a powerful tool. It has put the Word of God in more pockets across the, the world than we've ever seen. It's available to you. All sorts of incredible reading plans, all sorts of uh, 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 plans you could jump on and move through the Word of God every single day. You can get it on your iPad, your iPhone. You guys, get God's Word, and here's what's really, really practical. Watch this. Pick a moment in your day, in your morning, where you're going to get into God's Word. I like to say it this way. Make an appointment with God and keep it. And trigger, find a trigger. Look at me, everybody. I want you to do this this week. Find a trigger moment for you. Where's your moment where you're like, I'm going to get into God's word before I do that next thing. So you find that. For you, it's right when I wake up, some of you. That's Tatum. Right when she wakes up. Boom. For me, I am not as spiritual as Tatum. <laughs> some of you, don't laugh. If some of you are like, I did that first service. No one laughed. They're like, that's true. <laughs> but for her, she gets up in the morning. The moment that her alarm for her is getting God's word. So her alarm goes off on her phone. I hear it. She turns it off. And I, I, she's right there reading God's word on her phone. She's got her journal. And she's journaling and reading God's word first thing in the morning. I've tried that. Can I tell you what happens? I'm going to be spiritual like my wife today. I get out my, my word. I get ready to read. And I'm like, I can't do it. So for me, that's not my trigger moment. It's not the alarm. It's I get up put my feet on the ground, I take my shower, I go downstairs, I'm just an old man with, a, with rhythms in my life, there's a bowl of oatmeal, come on somebody, and a cup of coffee, and then I got my, I got my Bible. And the way I do, it, I do it is I have, I split my iPad in half, and so on half I have, my, have the Bible, on the other half I have my, my journal, where I'm writing down the things that God is speaking to me. And here's how cool this is, everybody. I actually have it, you can do this, where there's this I don't even know his name, but this guy has an incredible voice. And he reads me the Bible. Like he reads it to me out of, out of the version Bible app. I'm, I'm right now in, somebody asked, well, what version do you read? Well, I've read like all of them and gone through all of them. I love ESV. I personally, I memorize, like all of the scripture I've memorized is out of New King James Version because that's what I grew up on. But listen, find a, find a version that you, you connect with, that you love. There's the there's the word-for-word -word translations, ESV and New King James. A lot of people love to, to gravitate toward those. NIV is thought-for-thought -thought translation. There's a little bit of a difference. Right now, I, I'm, I'm in the New Living Translation because it's just, 
fresh and different. I really like the voice of this guy that, that reads you the New Living. And he reads it, and this is what I do. He reads, and I'm listening, I'm kind of reading along, and I'll, I'll pause and I'll write things. Listen, I write things out when God, he kind of gives you one of those moments, like he pokes your heart. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been sitting here in, in our moments together when we're in God's word, and all of a sudden there's like that, oh, like something hit you? Pause, write that down, okay? And write out, I write out the things that God is showing me, and he's nudging in my heart, the things he's, he's, he's um, revealing to me. While you're reading God's word, open up your heart to, to his voice, because he's going to speak to you. So is there a promise that I need to proclaim? Is there a, 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 a truth I need to stand on? Is there a characteristic of God that I need to, to like, reintroduce myself to? You're asking yourself these questions, like, how does this actually come into my life? God, I want to hear you today in the reading of your word. And as you're reading, you just start, start taking notes. Just write it down in a journal. I really, really believe in journaling. If you don't have a journal, let me know. I'll buy you a journal. I mean that. I, mean, I will bring journals next week. Tatum, remind me. Bring journals next week. I'm going to give you all free journal if you don't have a journal. And you just start a Bible journal journey. And here's how simple it can be. You have 15 minutes a day. Some of you, some of you, oh, mature, and you've been around, you're going, can't believe you're telling people only to read, you know, be in the Bible 15 minutes. Here's what I want you to do. Five minutes in scripture, five minutes of prayer, and five minutes of worship. Every single day. Five minutes in his word, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of worship. Others say, well, it should be, should be an hour in the prayer. And it should be. Okay, listen, start there. Some of you have never been on this journey before. And I'm telling you, you start there and you'll find yourself wanting more. And you'll find yourself, and you'll start creating that time. And the more space you give to this in your life, the more you're going to see the word of God come alive and start working in, in your life. Five in prayer, I mean five in worship, five in his word, five in prayer, five in worship every single day. And you just start this process with God where you're, you're eating. You're letting your soul feast. So the journal thing, um, Tatum has journals going all the way back to when you were like fifth grade. How old are you in fifth grade? 10 years old, nine, 10 years old. We have, we have a box filled with journal after journal after journal after journal. Today, before I left the house, I, I got out one. I was looking back at these, these, these um, prayers of my wife back when she was nine, 10 years old. Like, it's just powerful. You get around Tatum, and Tatum, I don't mean to spotlight you like this, but I'm going to because you're my wife. You get around Tatum, and there's a depth to her. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a, there is a wisdom on her. There's an anointing on her. There's a, like, like God has like blessed her. I always, I always say that the reason my life is so blessed is just because I've allowed her in my life, right? Because like, she always jokes that she's God's favorite. I, I watch God open doors. I watch God do crazy stuff in, in her life and through her life. Can I tell you, I believe all of that flows out of this commitment that she's had to sit, sit in God's presence every single day since she was nine years old. It's put this maturity in her and the depth in her. She's got a, a discernment inside of her that I've never seen before. And it's God just blessing. And I can tell you right now, our lives are wildly blessed by God. I can't even, I, can't, I don't deserve anything that I have. I cannot believe how God has worked in my life. And can I tell you, I look at all of that and I know it's just the fruit of us just gravitating toward him every single day. Does that make sense? Getting into his word, spending time with him and letting him speak to us and lead us and guide us. Friends, you just got to get into his word. Write down anything that nudges your heart. It's important. 
What if nothing nudges my heart? What if, what if I don't have that moment? What if it's not exciting? Listen, you just keep going. You gotta be okay with normal, everybody. You gotta be okay with ordinary, right? I've used the illustration before, right? Like Tatum, she makes me a, a superb meal every now and then. Extraordinary meal every now and then. Most of the time, it's normal. Most of the time, you're just eating because you gotta eat. Sometimes you eat and it's like, wow. But can I tell you, I get the same amount of nutrition from the wow meals as I do from just the normal meals. Be okay with normal, just keep going. It's not about the moment, it's about the consistency you put into God's word, right? Remember the ax and the tree? Every day, ax, every day, ax. If you come out and you think you're gonna get it all in one, one sitting, it's not gonna happen. Every day, consistency, and trees will start falling in your life. I'm telling you, there's things that will come down in your life, things that you'll be set free from, promises you'll start living in, if just every day you take the ax to that tree. Come on, can I get better? Amen? So we just dig in. Someone say dig in. Let me give you one last one. Take time to dig out. Take time to dig out. As you dig into God's word, you can slow down dig even more out of God's word. So what you'll find is the more you dig in to your Bible, the more you'll get out of your Bible. You start digging stuff out of it that you couldn't have dug out of it unless you slowed down to do it. So I wanna challenge you that, yes, you start digging in, but take some time during the week, once a week, twice a week, wherever you can find, and start digging out of it even more. Here's, here's a way to do that. You start with a passage of scripture, just a small passage of scripture. And as you're reading through that passage of scripture, let me, let me help you guys watch. You're gonna do this, ready? You're gonna, it's called OIA, observation, interpretation, and application. So the first thing you can do is observe. Are there any words that jump out at you? Or is there any, any phrase that jumps out at you? And you're gonna write that down, okay? Observation. So for example, say we're over in Ephesians and we read, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. By the way, you know why I'm able to say that? It's because that word is in me, right? I can't tell you how many times God's used that word. The Spirit of God's brought it to me because I've allowed it to be in me. But let's just say I'm reading that and the word workmanship jumps out at me. I'm observing workmanship. I write that in workmanship, observation. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared beforehand, beforehand, that's kind of interesting, right? Beforehand down, that we should walk in them. We'll walk in them, I like that. I write that down. Now I take those three things and I move on to the next step, observation, interpretation, interpretation. So this is now, this is digging out of God's word even more. Interpretation, this is where I take each of those things I observe and I start going, well, what does that mean? What is it? So you start looking at maybe a commentary. Maybe you look at the word in the original language. Do you know, I, this, I'm sharing this with you because I actually discovered all this. One of the first times I'd done this is with this verse when I was in Bible college. I remember it. And I remember I was wrestling with uh, my identity and wrestling with what God had called me to do. And I was doing OIA through Ephesians 2.10. And I took that word workmanship. I'm like, what, I wonder what that means in the Greek. And the word is poema. Oh, that's interesting. What is poema? Oh, that's a poem. How cool. I am his poem. I mean, like, when, it, when a poet sits down to express him or herself, they, they write a poem, and God wants to express himself through 
me, I'm his poem, I'm his poema, created and created, all of a sudden it starts coming alive. I'm his poema, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which he prepared beforehand. It means God's got this all figured out already. And you, you dive into that beforehand, it literally means before you took your first breath, God had already prepared all these incredible things he wants to do in your life. And then walk in them, what does that mean? Just a daily taking a step. So, gosh, Lord, you, you're allowing me to be the expression of, of your heart to the world around me as I just walk in all these things that you, you have for me? You mean I'm not an accident? You mean I'm, I, I'm created the way I am on purpose? I, I can't stand behind a, a pulpit and just talk to you like this? Like, I always thought that this is how you had to preach. God's word says, it, I just couldn't do it. God built me that way on purpose. I mean, I could be okay with that. See, it just all started coming alive to me as I just observe, interpret, and apply. Like God has made me this way on purpose to bring about a certain expression of himself to people who need to, see God, I'm just gonna enjoy that. I'm just gonna be who you made me to be. And it sets you free. And so listen, dig in and take some time to start digging out. And I'm gonna leave you with this. Just dig in, take time to dig out, and the last thing is, always remember what it's all about. Can I tell you what it's all about? It's all about Jesus. The whole Bible points to Jesus. And so as you're reading the word, find Jesus. It's all about him and a relationship with him and walking with him, and staying in step with him and close to him and enjoying Jesus, right? Listen to what he says in John John, it says, you study the scripture diligently because you think that in them you're gonna have eternal life. But these are the very scriptures that testify about me. He says, you're reading all this? In other words, to think, well, it's gonna give me something. I gotta do this and I gotta not do that. I'm gonna, and, and that's how I'm gonna get into heaven. I'm gonna figure it out. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. You're reading the scripture because you think that in them you're gonna have eternal life or these are things that are gonna exercise or force you to do all this. He goes, no, no, it's just about me. There they which testify about me. The whole point of scriptures, you get close to me, Jesus said. So friends, you gotta remember what it's all about. Please, don't let this be the only moment that your soul gets the nourishment you need to make it through this next week. 15 minutes. Get into God's word, spend some time in prayer, get yourself into worship, you do that, watch, watch. Can we aim just every day this week? We each take 15 minutes. Some of y'all take more. But start there and you watch what starts to happen in your life. I'm telling you, physical exercise profits a little, but godly exercise, watch, has benefit, promise for the here and now and a promise for the then and there. You wanna live in those promises, trust me. You start digging into God's word. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and they do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God says, I am sending my word word into your soul. And as you open it up, his word will produce his work, right? 
the Spirit of God will use the Word of God to do the work of God in your heart. And it's just a, I'm telling you, for some, it's just a lost art. And I want to invite you back in the process, okay? We need this in our life. It is high time that, friends, we let the church be what the church is called to be, standing on God's Word, living in His presence, and experiencing the fruit that He wants to bring about in our lives. Can I get a better amen? Come on, church, amen. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we love you so much. And we thank you that you've given us your word to feed our souls. And, and God, for some of us right now, we, we just want to confess to you, Lord, and just we've had a hard time doing this in our, in our lives personally. But we want to commit this week to stepping into a season where we start to feed our souls, not just on Sunday, but God, self-feeding, God, throughout, throughout the week. And so, Lord, as we do, we ask that, that you would strengthen us, God, and teach us and mold and shape us and encourage and challenge and direct us, Lord God. We, we want to lean into this. And God, I pray over, over our family here, God, that you would help them make the time to carve it out of their day so they would never miss out on, on what it is, God, that you desire. You, you prepare a table before us, Lord. God helps to come to that table every day. And God, I pray as we do that you would take us to depths, Lord, we've never experienced before. God, I pray that, that dead things within the lives of some of us would, would come alive, Lord God. Dreams would come alive, Lord God. Anointings would come alive, God. That, that giftings would, would come alive, Lord Jesus. That marriages and, and God relationships would come alive as we we abide in you in the way you've called us to Jesus. Listen, I realize as we in this moment of prayer that some of you you've never you've never said yes to Jesus. And this morning you find yourself out there trying to do this whole thing on your own. And I'm telling you friends, you're not created to do this on your own. I want to invite you today into a relationship with Jesus to be grafted into the vine, so to speak. You've been, you've been off, uh, uh, Jesus said, I'm the true vine. Some of you are connected into a, a vine that's not true. It's not actually providing for you what you need. He's the true vine, and there's a way today that you can be grafted into the true vine by saying yes to Jesus today. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin is death. It's a, it's a separation from God in the here and now, and one that will last for all eternity if not dealt with in the here and now. That's why Jesus came, friends. He went to the cross to deal with our separation, our sin. He took it upon himself. He absorbed the, the penalty in himself so that you can be forgiven and free from the penalty of sin and death so that you can experience the life that he desires to give you. The way that we grab hold of that promise is simply by saying yes to Jesus. Some of you need to do that for the very first time this morning. I would love the honor of leading you in in a conversation with God in which you just surrender to him today to have your sin forgiven. Friends, is that, if that's you, let me give you the words. Have this conversation with God. Start this journey with him. Allow yourself to be grafted into the vine so that you, my friends, can start receiving nourishment in the way that your soul is longing for today. Let me give you the words. Let's have this conversation with God. Here's what you say. You say, God, Thank you that you love me right where I am. 
but I know that you have more for me. And so today, I choose to surrender my life to you. I thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross on my behalf and giving your life in my place so that I could live. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Thank you, Jesus, for rising from the grave to lead me into life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agreed together and said a big old hearty. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with anyone who made that decision today. Church, come on. Online. Hey, listen, if you just made that decision, we would love the opportunity to come around you and walk with you on this new journey that you're, that you're on. We have some resources that are available to you. If you text the word NEXT to 909-509-4751 or you visit our website, citizenschurch.org forward slash NEXT, you fill up that real quick form. We'll send you an email with with uh, all you need, a link to the Bible version app that I was uh, referencing today, some good um studies that you can start there and some small groups that you can get yourself plugged into. We would love the opportunity to, to walk with you. Come on, church, one more time. Let's celebrate with those that made that decision today. Let's go. Amen. Well, church, we are so glad that you joined us today. And if you are joining us for the very first time, we just want to say welcome. We are so glad that you are here. We would also love the opportunity to connect with you. So you can do the same thing. Text the word NEXT to 909-509-4751. We're going to send you some information. Or if you're here with us right now, you can fill out that connection card that you, is on your seat when you came in. Take that out to the orange tent. And we would love to give you a free gift and just let you know how you can stay connected in this season. We are going to continue in our worship through our giving. So our host team will be coming forward and there's some opportunities and ways for you to give here up on the screen. I'm going to pray for us as we head into offering. God, we just thank you for what you're doing here at Citizens, God. We just thank you um, that you are a gracious God, that you're a sacrificial God, that you are a God that just gives good gifts to your kids, God. I pray that we would just also, in your same way, God, just be gracious, that we would just be generous, Father. I pray that you would just um, guide us in these times, God, that you would just allow Citizens Church just to be a beacon of light, God, and just do everything that you are calling us to in your kingdom, God. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.